Welcome to the Vulnerable Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Almeida. Each week, we'll share inspiring stories and tips on facing vulnerability and the lessons we can use to help us be able to find success and fulfillment in our own lives. With each episode, we hope to impact one listener. And if anything you've heard has impacted you, we'd appreciate you sharing it on social. Thank you for listening. Now let's get vulnerable. Alicia Perot said, We can only experience the true beauty of vulnerability when we're courageous enough to crack open the fractures in our mask and allow the light to shine in. This is episode 71 of the Vulnerable Podcast with Haley Luckadoo. In her senior year of college, she had finally figured out what she was going to major in and was engaged to be married. Then everything was swept right from underneath her. Her fiancé would back out of the wedding and the college would call her to tell her that her financial assistance was done. She was left feeling broken and unsure where her life was going to go from here. This introversion she was forced into made her begin to think about what she really wanted, what her passions were. It would lead her to starting her first business, and since then she's started multiple. She's had her fair share of failures, but continues to learn from them all. Now she's a money and marketing coach, a speaker, and the host of the Females on Fire podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get vulnerable with Haley Luckadoo. Hey Haley, thank you for coming on the Vulnerable Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here today. You're one of the many people that signed up through podcastguest.com. And uh, yeah, I look forward to getting into it. So again, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So the first question I ask every guest to get started is what is your definition of vulnerability? Mm. I think vulnerability is when you feel comfortable enough with yourself to be able to do the things that you want to do and be able to like openly share exactly who you are and how you feel and what you think without worrying about, you know, other people's opinions. And, you know, if you're going to get any kind of pushback from it and just like not worrying about sort of those exterior factors and just being comfortable enough with who you are to say, you know, this is who I am and I'm happy with it and I'm proud of it and I'm working on the parts I'm not happy with, but this is it and this is me and it's imperfect and it's okay and just show up anyway. No, awesome. And I, I keep saying this over and over again, but I think it's worth repeating is is the fact that a lot of people's definitions have to do with the fact that it's about sort of working on yourself. And like you said, being comfortable with yourself, which I think is really important because I think a lot of us can get caught up in sort of the whole uh, trendiness of vulnerability and like, oh, let me just put something out there. And so that the whole world will feel sorry for me, which I don't think really works all that well. I think like you're saying, you have to be comfortable with yourself, know who you are. And then, yeah, if you want to put it out there, you want to share it and you want to be open about it. That's cool. But I definitely think that the, the being comfortable with yourself and working on yourself is, is where you should start. And so I'm just glad that I'm continuing, continuing to hear that and can continue to repeat it for the listeners. Cause I think it's, it's one of the most important things when it comes to this, this subject. So um, definitely, definitely appreciate that one. So yeah. if you can go back in your own life um, and, and go back as far as you want, I've had people talk about when they were five years old and I've had people start at like high school. So whatever, wherever you can get back to, um, when would you say would be the first time you faced some sort of vulnerability or, or challenges, struggles in your own life? Mm, I, you know, I could probably go back farther, but <laughs> I feel like I faced like the normal, like middle school, high school, you know, kind of crap. Uh, so <laughs> I, my, my big moment, I guess the thing that I'll, I'll probably always remember most actually kind of came toward the end of college, which maybe feels a little late. I don't know. But, uh, like I said, I'm sure there was stuff before that, but nothing that made a big enough impression. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, but I actually, I was engaged, uh, to this guy that I had been dating for six years. We were high school sweethearts. We had gone off to college together and, uh, we were engaged and I was about to go into my last year of school, my senior year of college. And I had sort of had a, not a tricky road in college, but just, I was one of those kids that wanted to do everything. And so I couldn't pick a major and had a lot of trouble with that. And I had finally sort of settled down and decided on what I wanted to do. Um, and, you know, wasn't a hundred percent thrilled about it. Like I probably should have been, but um, I, you know, I was like, this is going to be fun. It's going to be good. It's going to be great. Like, it's gonna be fine. 
and you know, I'll, I'll figure out how to be happy. It'll be all right. And we were supposed to get married, uh, me and this guy in June, right before my senior year. And in, it was a month before the wedding. And in the same week, he called off the wedding and said that he just didn't want to do it anymore. He was out and just peace out. And that same week, I got a letter from my school because I was a full financial aid student. So I got all my money to go to college from the state, from financial aid and scholarships and all these things. And they were like, oh, hey, your financial aid's been cut, pay up or don't come back. And I couldn't pay. So I literally lost everything that was sort of going to make up my future, the husband and the job and the career and the diploma and all of this stuff. And I had none of it in a week. And for me, I spent weeks just like, you know, wallowing in it, crying on my mom's couch. Like, and that was the first time I really felt like I didn't even know who I was anymore. And I had to sort of not only rebuild my life, but rebuild myself and really start from rock bottom. And that was the first time I really remember feeling like that, that really just sheer vulnerability of feeling like, I just, I don't even know where to go from here. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to feel. I don't know anything about who I am or where to go from here because my whole identity was wrapped up in this whole vision that I had for my future. And now that's gone. So that was kind of my moment. That's probably the moment I remember most. Like I said, there's probably stuff before that, but pales in comparison. <laughs> <laughs> no. And it's, it's, it, I kind of smirked there towards the end and it's not because I think your story is funny. It's because when you said about identity, it was exactly what was spinning through my head as you were oh, saying yeah. that is that, you know, literally is that you had this sort of like this identity, especially I can only imagine, like I didn't have a high school sweetheart, you know, somebody that I was in, dating in high school and then continued to date. But I feel like when you start into a relationship that early on in your life, that your identity can get very tied up in the relationship because yes. it's sort of that first love you know you're you're young you're impressionable all that kind of stuff and Mm -hmm. so I could definitely understand that side of it and then on on top of that it seems like you were trying to figure out your identity like career-wise and everything so you had like all this sort of stuff going on and trying to figure yourself out and then all the parts that you thought you know were secure just sort of fell apart and and I can only imagine that just like I said that for me it was exactly what I was going to bring up next is that it, I was going to say it sounds like sort of you had this identity crisis where you were trying to figure out who am I going to be and where am I going to go from here because this has been my entire life for the last you know five six years so um, yeah. I could see where where that might be a little bit of a struggle so what what would you say um, just looking back at that what would you say sort of helped you um, as you were sort of working through it, like, was there anything that you can remember as you were, you know, going through that, that, that helped you sort of, um, I don't want to say get over it. Cause I don't think it's something yeah. like get over. You're not just going to wake up the next morning and be like, all right, I'm good. <laughs> um, but what helped you sort of get through that time? Yeah. So the one thing I really remember, and I, I kind of come back to this a lot and it's just sort of almost become my life motto now. And for the record, like, Life worked out great for me. My now husband came into my life because of this whole situation. And um, I ended up running my own business, which is something I never imagined I would do. And all of that stemmed from, you know, my whole life crashing down around me. So (laughs) I'm really thankful for it now. But in the moment, I remember, you know, like I said, I was, I spent the night at my mom's for several nights and was just crying on her couch. And I remember her even calling her friends going, I don't know what to do. She literally won't stop crying. Like, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. And the only thing I really ever remember anybody telling me during that time, other than I'm sorry, was my mom telling me, um, it's going to work out. It's going to be fine. You got this. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And she just kept saying it. And I don't know if she was saying it, try to make me believe it or try to make her believe it. I'm not sure. But, uh, she, the thing is, is this is something she had told me my whole life. Every single time something bad happened, I didn't make the team that I wanted. I didn't get the grade that I wanted. I, you know, whatever, something happened in my life for as far back as I can remember. I remember my mom looking at me and going, it's going to be okay. You're going to figure it out. And that was it. The you'll figure it out part was the part that I just, I grew up hearing it. And in that moment, I was so mad at her. 
for saying you'll figure it out because I was like, what is there to figure out? I finally <laughs> chose. I finally chose. I, 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 you know, was going to settle down with the guy and I chose a major. I did the thing I was supposed to do. And this is the, the payback I get for choosing. Yeah. And I was so mad that she was like, you'll figure it out. But now looking back, I'm like, that's all I needed was to be told like, Hey, it sucks right now, but it's going to suck less tomorrow. And it's going to suck less the day after that. Yeah. And even now me and my husband, every single time something bad happens, we just look at each other and we're like, we're going to figure it out. And it, <laughs> it, we say it the same way she did. It's like, do we believe it? I don't know. Do you believe it? I don't know, but we're here. We're doing it. We're going to figure it out. And so it, that to me, you know, I know not everybody has that somebody to look at them and say, mm -hmm. hey, it's going to be okay. You're going to figure it out. But for me, that was, I think the thing that most got me through it and, you know, not only got me through it, but has really stuck with me afterward and kind of changed how I look at things. No, for sure. It, it reminds me of, I've had a past guest where they said this too shall pass. And, and it sounds like a similar sort of thing. And then I've had friends of mine where, um, you know, I was going through some hardships a few years back and, and one person in particular, funny enough, was my barber. And I was sitting in the barber chair and we're talking about life or whatever. And he goes, dude, everything in life is temporary. And I was yeah. like, he's right. <laughs> like, it's Absolutely. true. Everything is temporary. Yeah. You know, loss of job, temporary, uh, you know, loss of, you know, well, I guess not loss of somebody because that's not temporary, but the maybe the grieving process, you know, right. is temporary. Like the, everything in life has a sort of a time and then you're, yeah, you might go through it like you're saying, you might have that week or two or month or whatever it is that is real crappy and things don't feel like they're ever going to change, but it's temporary. It's going to change. It's going to get better, hopefully. And and in your case, it, I, I, it sounds like it, it definitely did. So Going on to the to sort of the next question I had is, you know, looking back now and, and obviously, you know, lots changed and, and for the better, but what strength would you say you discovered in yourself at that time going through that? Um, what, what, what did you come out of it with? Resilience. I mean, it, that, to me, that's my, you know, I hate to say it's my best quality because it's like, oh, resilience is your best quality. That sounds awful. But, but I think it is. I really do. And I, I, I'm constantly saying that I, I always feel like I will be the most resilient person in the room. And it's not like an ego thing, like, oh, I'm more resilient than you and I'll stand back up more times. But it's just the fact that coming out of that, even though, no, it's, it's not the worst thing in the world that could have happened. And obviously it worked out really well for me in the long run. People go through much worse. But for me, that was the worst thing that had happened to me in my life the school and the guy, and they happened in the same week. And within a month, I was back on my feet. I was starting my, my first business because I was like, I got to pay the bills. I got to keep the lights on. I got to do something. And that's how my business came to be. And, and I, I did exactly what my mom said. I figured it out. And for me, that resilience, that ability to say, Hey, and, and this is where I think that vulnerability comes in so much because the ability to say, Hey, this is hard. This thing that I'm going through is really, really hard, but look at what I've already been through. Look at where I've been. Look at what I got through. And to me, like that just, that's my best quality. It's the best tool that I was given. And now I look back and I'm, you know, not thankful to the guy by any means because he could have handled it a little bit better, but, but thankful for the situation that I was given because without that, you know, even if, even if things had gone a little differently and I had ended up with a business and I had ended up with my current husband and, and I had done all of these things, I still don't think without that situation, exactly the way it went down, that I would have built the resilience that I have. And that resilience has carried me through a hundred other really tough times and really tough situations that I don't know that I would have been able to handle as well without it. And so for me, that resilience is everything. No, it's, it's as I was standing here listening to that, like it's, it's awesome to me when these sort of stories come up and, and the way that sort of this has progressed because 
for me, the whole point of this podcast is to sort of teach people that, you know, there's things you can learn from those struggles. There's things you can learn from those vulnerabilities. And like, again, this is a perfect example of here's what I went through and here's the lesson that I learned and, and resilience. I don't think there's a better word for it. And, and I'm glad that, you know, that's sort of what you discovered from it. Cause I can only imagine that a lot of people may have, you know, whatever, whether it was gone into depression or whatever it might've been and, and just sort of never got back from it or never sort of picked themselves back up, especially like, you know, like I said, with your case of not only losing, you know, the person that meant the most to you, but also like this whole school thing and, and just being told like, Hey, too bad. So sad. You can't come back. Like, especially after you've spent, you know, however many years in college trying to figure out what you want to do and then you figure it out. And then it's like, no, sorry, (laughs) (laughs) too late. (laughs) Slap in the face, man. It really is. (laughs) So, so, you know, I'm kind of curious and, and just because, you know, you said that, um, you know, you met your, your current husband because of all this, if you don't mind getting into that, because again, I don't, it just seems, it it, it just seemed like you just sort of glazed over it. And I just want to get an idea of like, what do you mean by that? Because it it just, yeah. Yeah. So I glazed over it because it's kind of a long story. So I'll try to give you the, the more condensed version, but basically I actually did know my husband in high school as well. Um, we dated back in like freshman and sophomore year, like four times. Uh, he was a jerk. He broke up with me every time. Um, but he was kind of one of my first real boyfriends and it never lasted very long, but I was just like head over heels for this guy. Right. And we were sort of like talking, you know, how teenagers are are talking before they're dating. We were doing that whole thing, uh, for like a fifth time. And it was, we were right into our junior year. And I remember thinking, you know, I'm so sick of this. He treats me like crap and I don't deserve it. And this other guy asked me out on a date and I said, yes. And then I, after school, I walked up to my now husband and I was like, I'm going out on a date with somebody else. I'm not doing this anymore. Bye-bye. Have a nice (laughs) life. And I'll never forget it. The last like words he said to me was, you know, it's not going to work out. You don't want to be with that guy. And I turned around as I was walking away and I said, well, I guess if we're meant to be, we'll work out. And we did not speak for the next six years because I was dating that guy who became my high school sweetheart and I got engaged and all that stuff. And a few days after he called off the wedding, my now husband, who I had not spoken to in six years, found me on Facebook, sent me a Facebook message and said, Heard through the grapevine that you were getting inv- engaged and getting married. Wanted to say congratulations and hope that it's everything that you wow. want to be. And I was like, I'm not getting engaged. Men are terrible. Everything sucks. Like I was still in that phase. So, um, but I, I, I did sort of let him have it because it was like the first day that I was back from my parents' house and I was in this apartment by myself and all my friends were gone for the summer and. And, and I was so lonely and I just like let him have it in a Facebook message. Any other guy would have been like, this is crazy. I'm out. But he was like, do you have any friends? Oh, and I was like, I was like, I know. I was like, no, I don't have, they're all, they're all gone for the summer and I'm alone and it's sad. And, and he drove an hour and a half over to my apartment to basically just sit with me on the couch and let me cry it out. Except I didn't cry it out. He showed up and we started reminiscing about high school And by the end of the night, I feel like I'd forgotten what had happened. And I was so, (laughs) for lack of a better term, vulnerable with him from day one. And he was looking at it like, I got my second chance. Like, this is the girl that got away and I'm not letting go this time. And we really started dating very quickly and just became best friends first. And I think our third date, he told my mom, she came up and she was like, look, I know you broke up with her like four times in high school. I know you're older. I know you're different. I get it. But if you're going to break up with her, you do it right now because you do not wait. She cannot go through anything else. You do it right now. Do you understand me? And he looked her dead in the eye and he said, I'm going to marry your daughter. And here we are. We've been married for coming up on five years and he's the love of my life. He's everything I ever wanted in a best friend and a spouse. And it just, it could not have worked on it. it it's crazy it's like a weird freaky hallmark movie but 
I love it. It's amazing. <laughs> no, and and I I like I'm glad that you you told the story and it was shortened or however long or whatever. It's it's, it's kind of long. I'm sorry. No, but it, no, <laughs> no, but I I I wanted you. I like I I'm glad that you shared it because I think again it's it's another great example of sort of you know learning something from your vulnerability. Like I said, like you yeah. you know you you yeah it wasn't the perfect timing it wasn't you know the way maybe you would have imagined it would go the way you would dreamed it would go but because you were willing to sort of open up to him and to allow him to come back in it allowed you to now have what you have now right and you know whereas a lot of people again would have just shut people out or you know like you said if it hadn't been a different guy they would have been like you're crazy bye (laughs) unfriend (laughs) yeah for real for real and well I think too it just for me, I know that if any amount of time had gone on and it had been a new guy that I didn't know that I was just meeting for the first time, I never would have been that open. I never would have, I would have been so guarded because of everything that had happened. And so the fact that it was him and that he already did kind of know me and that we had that sort of history and that he just walked in and said, here, cry it out. That to me, I mean, that's the only reason that I am the way I am now. You know, that's the only reason that I'm not a super guarded, untrusting person Mm -hmm. because he walked in at the moment I needed it most and said, Hey, not everybody's like this. I can be different. Yeah. And it's also pretty uh, cool to see like the, the change in people like too, like you're saying, like when you started the story, you know, here was this guy that, you know, had broken up with you four times and (laughs) was sort of a jerk. And then, you know, like five, six years or whatever it was later, you know, it's this person's completely changed. And I think that's cool too, because it just shows that, you know, not only do situations change, but people change too over time and, and, you know, whatever, whatever caused it to happen, you know, obviously I'm glad that it did. Now, you know, I know from reading your bio and you haven't really said it yet, but you, you know, the business that you started was wedding planning. Now I'm just, uh, you know, again, I got to imagine, you know, we're talking about vulnerability and stuff, but I got to imagine that that seemed like an odd choice considering what happened, <laughs> like, considering what happened. I don't think many people would have been like, well, my wedding blew up in my face, but I think I'm going to go plan other people's. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. It, I, to be honest, I didn't have a plan. I didn't, it wasn't that I like wanted to do it or anything like that. It was simply, I knew I wasn't going back to school and I could not stand the thought. Not that there's like anything wrong with this if this is what you have to do for a job, but I just could not stand the thought of having to go like wait tables or work at a retail store or whatever. Like I had been doing that Mm -hmm. for years, getting through college, could not do it anymore. And I was like, well, I have no degree. I have no skills. Um, I pretty much suck and I'm kind of useless. So what am I going to do to make money and keep the lights on? And the only thing I could think that I had going for me was that I just planned my own wedding. It didn't happen, but I planned it. It was going to be amazing. So why not? And at the time I just, and I guess this was the entrepreneur in me that I never knew I had. I, I was like, well, a lot of my friends are getting married. You know, we're all seniors and everybody's got boyfriends and they're all getting married. What if I convince them to pay me a couple hundred bucks to plan their wedding and I can keep the lights on? And I always said, I'm going to do this until I figure out what to do next. That was it. It was never supposed to be the plan. It was just supposed to be, here's what I'm going to do till I figure out the plan. And within like six or seven months, I literally could not take on any more clients because everybody's mom was referring me and and I, and and I remember sitting on my couch and I had just had a conversation with my dad cuz I was talking to him about you know all the money and all the stuff and I I had just hung up the phone and I remember thinking oh gosh I'm running a business I probably should like figure out how to do that and so and I immediately googled how do you run a business and <laughs> That was the worst thing I could have Googled, but I, that's, and that's, I just start. I went down this rabbit hole of like, okay, well, I need to get this and I need to do this and I need a website and I need all this stuff. And I wish I had pictures on my first website because I made it myself and it was awful. It was amazing, but it was awful. Uh, and I just, I, I taught myself everything I could find. I read every book. I listened to every podcast. I did everything I could find and really ran this business kind of successfully and 
got into another business three years later and ended up eventually shutting down the wedding planning because the other business took off so well and is my business today. And it just became this whole long spiraling journey of entrepreneurship, of figuring out all these passions that I didn't know I had that I never would have figured out with the major that I had had my heart set on when I left college. So it, it's amazing how things work out. And that's, to me, that's what's so cool is now everything bad that happens. I'm just like, huh, I wonder how this is going to turn out like five years from now. Like, it's kind of a cool thing to be able yeah. to look at the negative things in your life and go, oh, this could be interesting. This could get fun. Like, let's see how this goes. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was never a plan. It was never really anything I felt too much about. I cried at every wedding and not in a good way. I literally, I would stand at the back of the ceremony. I just sent the, you know, the bride down the aisle or whatever, and, and everything was going perfectly. And I just stood in the back of the room and bawled my eyes out through the whole ceremony. And, and then was like, okay, pull it together. Let's go finish this. And then I'd sit in my car at the end of the night and cry again. Like I did that for a couple of months. Like I, it wasn't a plan. It wasn't anything that I really deeply wanted to do, but it grew on me and it taught me everything I needed to know about running a business. And for that, I'm super grateful. No, it sounds like one thing that you, you definitely gained is perspective. And I, and I think that's oh, yeah. key for anybody is that we have to have perspective about everything. Like you're saying, like, although it's negative, there's perspective to it. Like, it's not just like, it's negative. That's it. You know, shut it down there. You can find good and bad and everything. And, and I think that that's a really important uh, thing for all of us to have because it, there's too much out there now, especially, and I don't want to get into the whole, you know, situation of the world right now, yeah. but there's too much out there that can sort of push us into fear and hold us down and push us down. And if we can have perspective, like even with this whole situation, I've said before that I think there's silver linings in it. If we really try and find them, I think there are, you know, whether it's being able to spend more time with family that we may not have in the past or whatever it might be, you know, learning who those, you know, yeah. people that are important to us really are um, because of the fact that now we can't just, you know, pick up the, well not pick up the phone but we can't just like hey let's go out tomorrow because <laughs> nowadays it's it's a little harder to do that so I, I definitely think perspective is important I was gonna ask um you know sort of what those first few weddings were like and see if there's any <laughs> vulnerability in that but you sort of pointed that out well one yeah. thing I would like to ask is you know if you wouldn't mind getting into it you know being an entrepreneur and and like you said having that business and now having a new business so what what maybe failures or what, what things could you share with our listeners? You know, maybe there's other entrepreneurs listening, like where were there, were there any times where you were sort of in your business? Like, mm, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Maybe I should give up. Maybe I all should the time, and literally all the, even now, even now I still have days where I look at my husband. I'm like, I just want to quit. Can I quit? Can I quit? Is that a thing I can do? Can I go back and get a real job? And he's like, you have a real, he's like, you have a real job. It's a real job. Calm down. You're getting dramatic. Like all the time. And I think, entrepreneur or not anything that you do even if you're the most passionate person in the world about it even if it's the thing you know you were meant to do and I know I was meant to do this I know I was meant to run this business I know everything worked out the way it was supposed to for me because I I every day I come to work and every day you know I go out and speak or I do a podcast like this or work with my clients and I know this is what I was supposed to do but even when you know that and even when you're the most passionate person in the world, you're still going to have days where it sucks. You're still going to have days where you want to quit. And you can have all the perspective in the world and be the most positive person ever. And there's still going to be hard days. And so for me, yeah, like I, I can look at bad things and go, huh, this will be interesting. Let's see how this turns out. Hmm, I wonder what this is going to look like in five years. But also when bad things initially happen, I'm still human and I'm still sitting around going, Oh my gosh, I'm a failure. I suck at everything. Nobody likes me. Like it's happening. It's all like the tears still come. I still have my breakdown days, but it's, it's the ability to pull yourself out of that faster. That's what perspective gives you. It doesn't mean that you get to skip the hard things. It doesn't mean that you get to, you know, bypass all the, the emotional breakdowns that come from being human. It just means that you have the ability to pull yourself out of it faster. You have that resilience to be able to go, okay, I need to calm down. Like, I just, I probably need a break. I'm going to step away from this for a minute. I'll come back later. We'll try it a different way. And there's actually, there's a, a quote that I love 
Um, and what's crazy is it's from a TV show. Um, but I, I really love the show Gilmore Girls. It was like my obsession growing up. <laughs> and one of the main characters at one point in a show, she says, a setback is just a set up for future success. And I love that. And I think that's that perspective that we were talking about. And I think, yeah, you're going to have, it does not matter what you do, entrepreneur or not, but for the love of God, if you're an entrepreneur, like you're going to have all the breakdowns. Like it just, <laughs> it's part of the job description. They should put that as number one when you're like, I'm thinking of going into entrepreneurship. Google should be like, warning, here's what you're, here's what you're going to look for. Like it should happen. But no matter what you do, whether you have a hobby, whether you have a family, like, I mean, whatever you do for a living, whatever you do that you're passionate about, whatever you do in your life, there's going to be really hard moments and there's going to be setbacks and there's going to be failures. And there's days where you're going to feel like you are literally the worst person for the job. I know, like I have so many friends that are moms and I, I just watch them with their kids and they're like, there are some days where they literally think they're the worst mom in the world. And I'm like, how do you think that you're awesome? But it's, it's that perspective. You're going to have days where it's hard and you're going to have days where it's bad. But knowing that this could potentially turn into something better, knowing that this will, you know, at the very least, if it breaks you and puts you on your butt at rock bottom, rock bottom's not so bad. You got nowhere to go but up at that point. You just kind of have to start climbing, you know? And, and so, and, and that's how I look at everything. That's what I teach my clients. It's what I speak about is, it, it doesn't matter what you do. You're going to have to go through the hard things. You don't yeah. get to skip those. You don't get to bypass that at all. That's just, that's life. That's how it is. But if you get so caught up in those hard things and so caught up in the setbacks, you're never going to be able to look at what became of it. You're never going to be able to recognize that resilience. You're never going to be able to recognize that perspective. You're never going to find those things in yourself that make it good. So it's not worth it. Just, you know, I mean, sit around, you know, cry if you need to cry, like have a moment if you need it, but don't waste your whole life on it and, and give up and quit just because you think it's not good enough. Like it gets better. Time goes on. Most of my biggest failures now, I'm like, Oh, that was nothing. You should see this. Like, <laughs> wait, yeah. Wait, give me a year. Like let, I'll, I'll mess things up. You wait. Like, it, it's just, it's, you got to let it roll off your back. And that's, that, that is something my dad taught me. And my mom was always like, you'll figure it out. My dad was always like, you just need to calm down and like, let things go, you know, like he was so chill about everything and drove my mom crazy, but he was so chill about everything because it was just like, you know, tomorrow's a new day. If you get to wake up tomorrow and have a tomorrow, then it's already good. Yeah. No, and that's it. So it's funny because like everything you're saying, I like it's. I'm I'm literally waiting to say it when you finish talking, and then you say it anyways. Like when you talked about rock bottom, I was like, well, there's, no, no, it's fine. But it's just funny because when you said, you know, when you hit rock bottom, in my head, I was like, there's only one way to go, which is up. Yeah, that was exactly. me a few years ago. I, I got let go from my job, and and it seemed yeah. like the worst thing in the world. And I, you know, I sat in my car and broke down a bit. And for the first like two weeks, I just sort of sat on the couch and watched Netflix. And then I realized, you know, wait a second, like I'm sort of at my lowest low. So where am I going to go from here? I can only go up. And eventually it was a blessing in disguise. Right. And, and then even like when you said that last part there about, you know, if you get to wake up tomorrow, that's a perspective I've gained in the last year or two where I've realized like, yeah, it, it, it is a blessing when you get to wake up the next day because not everybody does. So yeah. if we can just be grateful for that one thing, you know, the fact that we get to wake up and that we get to have another day, it can change a lot. I mean, I work right now, I work at a factory and I remember going in one day and uh, I was talking with my plant manager and, and literally he's like, how's it going? I'm like, hey, nothing to complain about. It's a good day. I'm like, I got to wake up. I'm, I'm still here. I'm still breathing. And he literally looks at me and he goes, I wish more of our guys had that perspective. And I was like, I didn't always, like I said, don't, don't look at me right now and think, wow, you're, you're great. Like <laughs> I didn't always have that perspective, but yeah. things have taught me. I've, I've learned some things over the last few years of my life that have brought me there. And, and I think it's just something that I wanted to repeat because I think a lot of people need to recognize that like, yeah, that even if it's the only thing that you, you sort of can be grateful for at the moment, yeah. that can definitely have sort of that domino effect of like, what else can I be grateful for? Because you have exactly. that gratitude for that, just that simple fact that you got to wake up today and and that you get to have another day and, and to do something whether it's whatever it is whether it's go to work or start a business or whatever it might be um you know you you got that opportunity and i think that's that's huge yeah 
so, you know, you, you sort of, uh, again, you, you talked about, you know, you've had your failures. Is there any one that you could share that, you know, just sort of was like, this is it. Like, I'm going to quit, you know, I'm going to put in my two weeks notice, even though it's my business. <laughs> like, is there anything that you can share like that, where it was like, you, you thought there's no way I can go on from here. I, you know, is there, yeah. is there any? Yeah. So, I mean, I've had a ton and, you know, I've had the little small ones where it was just me being dramatic and it really wasn't that bad. And I've had the ones that actually, it was like, Oh, this, I might've just really screwed this up. But uh, one in particular, um, a couple years ago, this is actually one of the more recent ones. Um, but a couple years ago, um, I actually, so I was still doing wedding planning. We hadn't really fully shut that down yet. Um, I was just sort of taking less weddings because I was also running my second company and I actually bought a third business. Um, and (laughs) I actually like loan, got some money from my brother. Um, he loaned me some money and for the down payment and bought a business from, I wouldn't necessarily say a friend, but somebody that I, I knew fairly well. And, uh, you know, we'd gone to lunch several times and she had approached me and said, you want to buy this business? And I was like, yeah, like, let me think about it, you know, whatever. And I, there was something in my gut that was like, something doesn't like sit right here and maybe I should think, but I was, you know, I'm sitting there like dollar signs in my eyes, like, Oh, this could make me so much money. Cause we could do this and we could do that and blah, blah, blah. And it, it was like a, a membership kind of business yeah. where, um, all these other wedding vendors were paying for a membership. And then you did like events every month and things. And I had all these ideas, right. Of how we can make it so much better and make all this money and do all these things. And we, we made the payment and I bought the business and I ran that business for a year as my third business. And as soon, as soon as everything was official, I found out that the numbers that were told to me were not correct. And the business wasn't actually making the money that I thought it was making. Uh, and I, I remember thinking, Oh, my gosh, I just bought a business that's already failing. Like I'm a natural born failure. Like I, I'm, I mess everything up before I make it better. That's just how my business is gone. And that's okay. And I'm, I love that I'm that way. And I can, I can admit that where I think we're all natural born failures, but I'm sitting there thinking, I'm going to ruin this. Like it's already like plummeting from the sky at a thousand miles an hour on fire and I'm supposed to save it. What am I supposed to do? And it just got worse and worse and worse. Members were dropping out. My ideas weren't working because it was way past the time for new ideas. Like that was, and it was just the biggest, it was the most epic. I lost so much money. I, you know, had to find a way to pay my brother back the money he loaned us. And I, I just remember, now my husband, every time I'm like, I want to invest in this. He goes, uh-huh. Sure. Cause he's, he, he's instantly like, we went down in flames. What are you doing? And, but it was, I, that was probably, I, I, that was so hard to find a lesson in because I was like, this is just absolute trash. Like this yeah. is not how life was supposed to go. Uh, and so I kind of, you know, th- that perspective really came in handy because I kept looking for that silver lining. I kept looking for that thing that was going to make it all okay. And I was like, I can't find it anywhere. It, there's nothing here that's good about this. But I think it kind of taught me a lesson right when I needed it most about number one, humility, because now I don't do anything for the money. I have to really be excited about it before I do anything. Uh, but secondly, it just, it brought up that resilience in me again, because I think not that I had forgotten it by any means, I'll never forget it. But I think I had gotten to a place where things were going well and they were going well enough. And I was balancing both businesses at the same time that I was kind of getting ahead of myself. And I was like, oh, I could run three businesses because I'm awesome and it's fine. And cause you know, I had those days where I was very like, I'm the best at this. Like, what are you talking about? So I, I, for me, I, I think it was that, that kind of lesson of going, 
okay, maybe I need to take a step back and figure out what I actually want because I've been given a huge opportunity here to uncover all of these passions that I have and make them work together and make money off of it. And now I'm just grabbing at anything that'll make me money. Why is that? And I got to take that step back and go, okay, we're going to shut this down because this didn't work and we're just out the money and that's fine. And that was actually the time when I made the decision, hey, we're going to finish out the weddings that we have. And then I think I'm done with this because I just, I had this sort of epiphany almost of where I really wanted this business to go, what I wanted it to look like in five years. And I realized I wasn't in love with planning weddings. I really wanted not much to do with the wedding industry anymore. And it wasn't that I hated weddings or anything like that. It was just simply, I did not have a passion for this thing. And I had just gotten, you know, this, this moment of clarity where it was like, life is too short. And I've been given an opportunity here that not a lot of people are given to actually say, what do I want to do with this? And then turn it into that and, and have the freedom and the, the financial ability and the emotional support to, to do that. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to waste that ability. And so that's when I started my podcast. I ended up, I started speaking, which is one of my biggest passions for my business. And, and so it, the business started to actually evolve into what it is now. And that to me was the biggest pivot in my business because it was the moment where I was like, this really didn't work. And I now need to evaluate why. And so from, like I said, I've had tons of failures. I've had tons of failures since then, but that one I think was the most humbling because it was that big lesson where it was like, oh, well, I'm maybe not quite as good as I think I am. So I need to take a step back for a second. <laughs> no, I, it, the, when you were telling that story, the thing I was thinking about was ego um, and how sort of our ego can get the best of us at times. I mean, oh, yeah. I had it happen to me for years. I was in sales for years. And I think sales in particular is a very egotistical sort of career oh, yeah. because <laughs> you're always competing. You're always trying to be on top. And and I think it, it put my ego in front of me for a lot of things, a lot of different things, relationships, whatever it might be. There was a lot of things that I let my ego control me um and and it can be very dangerous but the other thing i wanted to sort of bring up was was interesting when you sort of started telling that story i had a guest on um many episodes ago who talks about intuition and when you talked about that gut feeling of like "Mm, this seems too good to be true but i'm not gonna trust that gut feeling it just brought that to mind is that you did have the intuition you didn't listen to it and, and it backfired and then the other thing was when i started in sales many many years ago um sort of my first mentor who was the owner of the business he he said to me one time he goes the second that you look at a customer as a dollar symbol is the same second that you lost them and, yep. I, and I've always had that perspective for all that. the years that I've, I've been in, like, that I was in sales. I'm not in sales right now, but all the years that I was, I never sort of looked at people that way or looked at a deal even as like the dollar amount because it didn't allow me to build that relationship. And so it was just interesting when you said that that was sort of the thing that drove you to this business yeah. was seeing the dollar symbols and how that can sort of, you know, cause you to to maybe miss things right you know you you sort of miss the gut feeling because you saw the dollar symbols and so again it's just something i wanted to bring up because i think again it's these are important things for people to maybe hear is like if you if you look at something and you're like i'm gonna be a millionaire from this maybe that's a sign to think yeah Yeah. and i mean i've done it too i mean it's i tried to start my own business and thought you know because i'd been in a similar business and i had seen how profitable it was that i could do it too and it didn't necessarily work out that way and even when it comes to you know a lot of people have reached out because of my sales experience and a lot of these like multi-level marketing things and you know they show you the big picture and it's like yeah you're gonna be rich and you're just kind of like and then you know thankfully i've listened to my gut 99 percent of the time there's only been like maybe one percent of the time that i've ended up going into it and learning the hard way but you know i I just think that that's something that we should all sort of look at is if we're thinking yeah yeah i'm gonna be rich or whatever it is maybe that's not the right way to look at things because when we sort of put money before like you were saying before our passions or before whatever it is that's important to us it probably won't work out in the long run maybe for the short term but in the long run it's probably not gonna happen yeah. And I think just acknowledging that there's nothing wrong with that. Like if, if you're like, Oh, this thing could make me really good money. Like that's not a bad thought to have. Like, and I felt so bad for a while after that whole, you know, situation, because I was like, if I just hadn't been so like attached to the money, but we're human. Like 
We want to make money, right? Like there's nothing wrong with money. I, I, I think people get so caught up in like, well, if I, if I focus on the money, I'm a bad person. You're not, you're really not. But just acknowledging like, okay, yeah, you can go after the money. That's fine. Just don't let it be the only Only. reason you're going after the thing. Mm -hmm. And for me in that moment, it was the only reason. And it did really teach me about my intuition. I had always had really high intuition. Um, Just like I got those gut feelings a lot. And I listened to them most of the time. Um, What's amazing is I never got the gut feeling about the guy from high school, but I think that, you know, that was supposed to happen. That was supposed to teach me something. So I imagine that's why, but and my husband now even he'll get really jealous because I'll call him and I'll be like, you'll never believe this. I had this feeling that I should ask so-and-so about this thing. And guess what? When I asked them, guess what I found out? And he's like, how do you do that? Like, why do I not have that? He gets so frustrated. And so like half, I think he thinks it's like a hidden gift or something like a hidden talent, because sometimes he'll be like, how do you feel about this? And I'm like, I don't know. I can't just turn it on and off. That's not how it works. It's not magic. <laughs> it's not, no, it's not a magic one. But I, I, it really, that moment was the moment where I really was like, oh, hey, there's something to that. Like, these aren't just like funny little feelings that I have that I should sort it's of- not an upset stomach. stomach. <laughs> yeah, like I, it, it, there's really something to this. I really do have strong intuition. And since then, I've literally, if ever, there's a moment where I'm like, I'm hesitant that I'm like, no, I need time to think about this. I need to, you know, really evaluate the situation or do whatever. And if I'm like, "Mm, I feel like that's a bad idea. I don't do it. I will not do it. It's working. I've turned down certain clients, like big clients, because I'm like, this is not going to be a good fit. And I have a bad feeling about this. So I I don't do anything for the money now and I really do follow my intuition and that's a gift. Like a lot of people don't, don't have that opportunity. They don't have that. My husband does not have that kind of intuition, the poor guy. Like, and and so he's just skeptical of everything to make up for it. Like, but I, you know, I think just acknowledging like your ego is going to get in the way. It's going to happen. It's just like going through those bad days. As much as you're going to go through those bad days and have failures and have all the hard times, you're going to have days where you think you're the best at everything and your ego really gets in the way. And those are both days that you have to work through. Those mm-hmm. are bo- and it's, it's different situations, but those are both days where you've got to be able to pick yourself up or pull yourself back and remember why you're here, why you're doing the thing that you're doing, why it matters to you so much. No, uh, I, it's, it's it, your way of sort of uh, going through your stories and, and sort of telling the story and then sort of showing what you learned from it is awesome because it, it, it allows me not to have to ask as many questions, which is great <laughs> um, because usually I have to like pull these things from people, but um, you're really good at doing that. So I appreciate that. And it actually means it, it's, I'm going to be able to skip a couple of questions here because you've done it so well throughout the oh, episode good. <laughs> that I don't even need to touch those. But the next question I will ask is at this current point, you know, with your business, everything that's going on in your life would you say that you found success and fulfillment in your life or that you're still on a journey towards that well I think you're always on a journey toward that I so kind of both um I absolutely like 100% if you ask me like if I feel like I'm successful I'll say yes like 100% and it's simply because I'm comparing where I'm at to where I started Mm -hmm. and so it you know even there's been little dips where I failed and tripped and did whatever but it's always basically been on an upward path, right? And I think if you're better off than where you started, then you're successful. You've done something right. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you didn't do everything right. Maybe it's not as successful as you wanted it to be. Maybe you don't have the money that you want yet or the clients or the, you know, whatever, the promotion, whatever it is, but you're better than you started. And to me, that, that literally is the definition of success is that you're better than where you started. But I also know, and I can also acknowledge that I'm not yet where I want to go. Mm-hmm. So always working toward that. And as far as fulfillment, I think fulfillment and success are two very different things. Um, am I fulfilled? A hundred percent. Like, am I as fulfilled as I will ever be? A hundred percent. Because I don't think the success is what makes you fulfilled. I think you have to find, I don't want to be that cheesy person that like it's the journey not the destination (laughs) I hate that it sounds so cheesy but I do think there's something to that like if you can't be happy with where you're at right now and even if you're walking through one of those hard times if you can't find 
some reason, you know, we talked about gratitude earlier and finding a reason to be happy and the thing to be thankful for. If you can't find that where you're at, there's no chance, no chance at all that you're going to appreciate it when you get everything that you want. Mm -hmm. You're not going to know how. And <laughs> I feel like I'm stealing what you're saying because you're laughing. No, 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 no. Uh, Alex, uh, there's a reason I'm speaking, but we'll get to that. <laughs> um, but I, 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 I just think if you, if you can't find that thing now, you're not going to be able to find it when you get where you want to go. And so I do think there's, you should always be working towards something, right? Like, I don't think you should ever just be like, well, got everything I wanted. Peace. I'm done. Let's, you know, I'm just gonna retire and chill. Like it's fine if you want to retire and chill, but like, you should always have something you're working toward. Like, even if it's just a new version of yourself, right. A better version of yourself, there should always be something. And so for me, it's like, okay, yeah, I've got stuff that I'm working toward. It doesn't mean that I'm not already successful because I'm way better off than where I started. Mm -hmm. I mean, I built two successful businesses and one of them has multiple different little facets and income streams. And I work with the clients that I want to work with and I have the ability to turn clients down when my gut tells me to. I mean, that's, that's success. Like however you want to spin it, that's success. Yeah. I have an amazing husband and we work really hard at our relationship. That's success because we've put in the work. We're better than when we started. And I think anything that you do, that should be your version of success is, am I better off than I started? It doesn't mean you're not working towards something. It doesn't mean you're where you want to go yet. It just means you're acknowledging that where you are isn't so bad and that there's some good in where you're at now. And finding that good, that's fulfillment. And I think you can easily be fulfilled in every single step of trying to get to where you want to go and trying to accomplish the things that you want to accomplish because fulfillment and success they're not the same thing and they're not, they're, they don't go hand in hand. They're not intertwined. So yes, I'm a hundred percent fulfilled. Yes. I feel like I'm successful, but yes, I'm absolutely still working toward that. So the reason I was speaking almost that whole time <laughs> is because like I, I've asked that question. I'm you're, you're going to be episode, I think 71. So I've asked that question many, many, many times. And, you know, I'll usually get like a sort of both or no or yes or whatever. But what I really appreciated about your answer is that you separated the two uh, and, and in a very clear way, which is something I think is really important. And, and that's why I was smirking, because I think that a lot of people sort of put the two together that I can only be fulfilled when I'm successful or whatever the case might be. I have a good friend of mine that says uh, happiness equals success, not the other way around, because a lot of people feel like you have to be successful to be happy. Right. Yep. And so again, it's, it's, it's only few, few people that I can think of off the top of my head in 71 episodes that have had some sort of answer like yours. But what, like I said, what I really appreciated is that you separated the two. You said, yes, you know, like I'm successful in a sense, and there's still a journey to go on there, but fulfillment something completely different. And that's yeah. what I'm hoping when people sort of, when I ask that question is that people will come up with, because I think it's, it's important to recognize that they are very different you know for years I was one of those people that thought you know when I become a sales manager when I make a hundred thousand dollars a year yada 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 I'm going to be success successful and I'm going to be fulfilled and then like you're saying I realized a few years ago that they're completely different things and that yeah. in, in even in my opinion without fulfillment you can't be successful because if you don't feel fulfilled in your life if you don't feel good about where you're at who you are all those sort of things it's next to impossible to find success I mean I wouldn't Absolutely. have done this podcast if I had have just continued to focus on what my definition of success was you know air quotes definition of success you know <laughs> the, the whole hundred thousand dollars a year I would have yep. never done this because I would have just kept chasing that salary kept chasing that position and this would have never happened. And this is the most fulfilling part for me, you know, of, of many things in my life. Obviously, you know, my daughter and my wife are definitely a huge part of my fulfillment yeah. without a doubt. But this is a sort of a personal thing for me. This is something that I discovered, uh, you know, in a creative part of myself. And, and I enjoy, you know, all the time doing so, yeah. you know, again, I just, I, that's why I was smirking the whole time. It wasn't because you were taking the words out yeah, of It's because the way that you define it was just, is something that I've been sort of waiting to hear, I guess, is it was one way you can put it. Right. And so I'm just, I'm, I'm glad that you put it that way. And, and I hope that people really listen into that part. So down to the last couple of things here, because I definitely want to respect your time and everything. 
if you can, you know, think back and, and obviously if people are to listen back to this again, you were great at sort of sharing, you know, what happened, the failure, whatever it might be, and then what you learned from it. But if you could give our listeners three important lessons from your journey, three things that could help them with their struggles, their vulnerabilities, because, you know, maybe they're not an entrepreneur and they're doing something different, but just three lessons that you learned that you think could help other people. What would you say those three important lessons would be? I would say number one, just start whatever it is that's been on your mind, like entrepreneur or not, whatever it is that you've been thinking about trying, but you're scared to, or you don't think it'll work out, or you don't think you'll be any good at it, or you're making excuses because you don't have the time or whatever. Like, you know, we sat here and talked about, you're, you're not guaranteed tomorrow. If you get yeah. to wake up tomorrow, you're already ahead of the game. And I think, you know, it's, it's that perspective again, that we've talked about, like, you know, if you're, if you're waiting till you have this to be fulfilled, be happy, what if you never get that? Are you really going to spend your whole life not being happy? And I think the same thing goes for anything that we want to start. Like you can sit here and make all the excuses in the world, but it's never going to be good till you try it. It's never going to be good till you're really bad at it first. Like, so just start. That would be my first piece of advice. Like whatever you're thinking about, just like dive in head first. It's terrifying. It's scary. Like I'm, you know, right now I'm doing that with running. I want to be able to run. I am terrible at it. I mean, I am the worst. Like I cannot get to the end of the street without sounding like I'm dying. It's I've never seen any, I'm, I'm pretty fit and in shape and I've never seen anybody that's this bad of a runner. Here I am folks, but I'm doing it. I get out there every day and I look like a complete idiot running around our neighborhood because I don't know how to run and my legs flail all weird and it's stupid looking <laughs> and I'm embarrassing myself and I have fallen on my face like three times and it, but it happens and I'm doing it and it doesn't matter how it looks right now because I'm like, oh, if I keep doing it, I'll be able to run. I'll be able to run like marathons or do whatever. And you know, I'll, I'll have that form that everybody has when they're running. I'll look so good. Like it'll be fine but I got to keep doing it. I got to get through this first. And so whatever you're doing, just start. That's my first piece of advice. My second piece of advice, find that perspective. You know, we've talked about it several times and I, I don't want to like sound like I'm just constantly beating this drum, but I really think that perspective is everything. And it's that same thing that I just said, like, okay, if you're only going to be happy when you have the six figure salary, if you're only going to feel fulfilled when you get the promotion, if you're going to keep working your life away every single hour of the day until, you know, you're the top person in your company, what do you actually have? Like, what do you have to show for it? Because guess what? When you get there, it's not going to be good enough. You're going to become the top person in your company. And then there's going to, they're going to open up a job above you and you're going to want that. Like, or you're going to find out that this job was not what you thought it was. And it kind of sucks. Like you're going to get the six figure salary and then you're going to want multiple six figures, right? Yeah. There's always somewhere to go. There's always a step up from where you're at. So it's never going to be good enough. If you find fulfillment and you find meaning in things that always have a next step, then you're always going to be looking for a next step. You're never actually going to be happy. And so find that perspective and look for the things that, that really actually do have meaning, the things that don't have a next step, like, you know, your family and your friends, like those people aren't always going to be there. There's not always the next step. One of them may not get a tomorrow. And if they don't, are you going to look at it and be like, well, they lived an amazing life. We have all these memories together and I can hold on to those memories for the rest of my life. Or are you going to look at it and be like, I wish I had just spent yesterday with them, like one more day, one more day to actually, you know, have fun with them and talk to them and, and just be human with them and not be so worried about my job and not be so worried about my salary. So that perspective is a hundred percent everything. I absolutely think you should find that. If you can't find that, you're looking at it from the wrong point of view. Like, because it's there. It's always there. Yeah. If you can't find it, it's only because you're not allowing yourself to do so. Uh, third thing, limited mindsets create limited results. That's, it's something I tell my clients all the time. It's something I speak into all the time. I think if you don't think you can do it, 
you can't do it. Uh, I don't remember who said it. I know it was somebody super famous. Uh, I'm blanking right now, but some, somebody somewhere, some, at some point said, uh, whether you think you're right or wrong, you're right. Yeah. And I think it was Henry Ford, but was it Henry Ford? <laughs> it, I, might I was thinking, it might be. It might be. I was thinking be. that, but I didn't want to say it because yeah. I was like, I'm gonna look stupid if it's wrong. Uh, <laughs> it might have been Henry Ford. Somebody amazing and famous uh, said said that, and I there's so much truth in that. And it's not just whether you're right or wrong. It's whether you think that you can or you can't. It's whether you want to be happy or like you think you're happy or you're not. You think you're fulfilled or you're not. It's everything. Whatever you think is what's going to be. And I'm not saying you can be like, I'm a millionaire and tomorrow you'll be a millionaire. But if you don't think that you can become a millionaire, then you literally never will become yeah. one. You, you don't have the ability to do that because you don't have the first piece. I think mindset is the first piece to everything, right? Success, happiness, joy, all of these things, you've got to have the right mindset for it. And if you've got a limited mindset, if you've got those limiting beliefs that tell you, hey, you're not good enough for this, you're not smart enough for this, um, nobody's ever done this. Like, why do you think you can? Like, if you have those thoughts and you're not constantly fighting them and you're not finding a way to say, no, that's, that's just a limiting belief. I got to shut that down. If you're not finding a way to do that, then you're always going to have limited results. You're never going to actually achieve the things you want to achieve. And that goes for anything. It's a hundred percent something I tell entrepreneurs all the time, but it goes for anything. Yeah. So a hundred percent, like, fix your mindset, figure out, you know, what, what limiting beliefs you need to get over and what blocks you have that you need to kind of work through and find a way to work through them. Because I think, you know, what you think about yourself matters more than, you know, what, you, what you're watching other people do. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, first off, number one, it's, it's funny. I, I, I've probably been speaking this whole episode. Maybe I should put out the video so people could just see my reactions. But the number one just start was something that literally got me where I'm at right now. Um, so I 100% agree with that one. I, I, when I lost that job, it was somebody that I met through LinkedIn who lived in Belgium of all places. Like I'm here in Canada. He's in Bel like other side of the world. You know, we got on a call and, and he was just like, just start. And I started laughing and it was, I can't, I think it was because I wanted to start writing and he's like, well, just start. And I was like, he, he's right. <laughs> like, what, What's holding me back. And, and that mindset has sort of helped me a lot. I mean, when I was thinking about starting this podcast, I did all those sort of, Oh, how am I going to get guests? And how am I going to do this? And it was my wife who turned to me, looked at me in the face and said, well, just start and you'll figure it out. And I was like, damn yeah. it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not even taking my own advice anymore. So a hundred percent agree with that one. You have to start. Cause like I said, I was worried about that. And then, you know, within a, a few months of starting, I had, you know, 50 or 60 guests and it was like, okay, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Exactly. But if I hadn't started, I wouldn't have figured that out. I would have just kept being like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? And then the next two, I think the way that you sort of brought them up was important because I think when you talk about find the perspective, what I think a lot of that talks talks to, at least in my mind, is sort of like getting your heart into the right place. Um, because I think that's what sort of having those perspectives does. It gets your heart in the right place. And the reason I think it's important, the way that they were sort of formed and how you said them is because I agree that mindset is important 100%. But I think the heart is is a little more important and, and as woo-woo or weird as that might sound to some people, I know for myself at least and, and what I've gone through in the last few years is that this the, my heart was a part of me that probably wasn't in the right place. And as soon as I got it there, it was a lot easier to start achieving that mindset because I think our brains can play a lot of tricks on us. And, and as much as, you know, getting your mindset right is important. I think you sort of have to have both. You have to have that balance. Otherwise, Definitely. you know, your mind can be telling you, yeah, you, you know, you're going to be successful. You're going to be a millionaire and blah, blah, blah. But if your heart's not in it, if you don't, if money isn't really what you should be chasing and, and like you're saying earlier, like, you know, if it's a passions and stuff like that, that you should be looking for. I think that's where that comes from. And then the mindset is sort of that next natural step. And when they're in balance, I think incredible things happen, but again, Absolutely. my perspective and, and I just sort of, that's what I took away from it. Lastly, um, again, just want to respect your time, but lastly, the one thing I want to give every guest the opportunity to do is sort of just promote themselves. So if you want to just take the next couple of minutes here, let people know sort of where to find you, social media, website, whatever it might be. Um, the floor is yours. Go ahead. Yeah. So um, all my stuff for my business and everything is uh, on my website. It's HaleyLuckadoo.com. And then I'm on most social media platforms, just at Haley Luckadoo, but 
I really love hanging out on Instagram. So that's, that's where I spend the most of my, my social media time, I guess. So you can connect with me over there. Perfect. All right. Well, again, Haley, um, it's been a pleasure. Uh, you know, this, this entire episode for me, like I said, it was, it was really fun because, you know, I think again, you did a great job of sort of here's what happened and here's what I learned from it, which is what I'm trying to achieve with the podcast. And then I also really like the fact that I think you and I share uh, similar sort of thoughts on a lot of things. And, and that's also enjoyable for me because it's not every day that that happens. And so, you know, I just want to thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing so openly and just sort of giving everybody sort of, again, these perspectives and these lessons that they can take away from this because that that's, like I said, that's what I'm trying to achieve. So, so thank you again. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and follow the podcast on Instagram at vulnerable.podcast or on Facebook and LinkedIn. You can also follow me, Brian Almeida, by searching my name on all platforms. If the podcast has impacted you in any way, I would also greatly appreciate a review. Lastly, if you know anyone with a great story of going from struggle to success, I would love to have them on. Thank you and see you next week.